Hey, everybody. Welcome to the I Disagree podcast. I'm Jordan Coburn. And I'm Steve Shustick. Hello. Hello, Steve. What's crack a lacking? We eggnogging? You crack a lacking some eggnogs? Man, I'm, I'm on that Maker's Mark tonight, son. Ooh, Maker's Mark. Makers and water. Makers and that's deplorable. Is You're it? the deplorable. Well, here we you, are. There you have it, Hillary. Yep. Um. Remember that that episode of The Office when <laughs> what is what does Michael Scott do? He's like, do you have some uh, like an like an <laughs> what does he say something in some Splenda when his boss tries to offer him really nice scotch? Anyways, that was a. Great way to fuck up the best show of all time. How are you doing? How's yeah. life? That's uh, pretty good. It's pretty, yeah? uh, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty good. Wow. This is just sitcom central here. Just yeah. referencing all the greats. As you sip on your uh, your margarita. Is that what that is? Or is that a mojito? It's I close. Some, I see some mint leaves in there. Yeah. It is an agave, a spicy agave and tequila cocktail. Hmm. Yes, from Kindred, the local vegan restaurant in San Diego. It's really fucking good. And they're doing cocktails to go. And everyone, if you live in San Diego, even if you're not vegan, you should definitely go there because it's fucking amazing. Mm. Mm. Anyways, we got a crazy night. Right now, the Georgia runoff is happening as we speak. Steve and I were just talking about the results right now, and we're probably going to be referencing them throughout the episode, which will be great for all the people who already know what happened. Uh, but it's looking right now, it's 86% reporting. David Perdue of the Republican Party is 51.5%. John Ossoff, the Democrat, 48.5%. And then in the other race, Kelly Loeffler is 51.1%. And Raphael Warnock is 48.9%. However, the counties left to be counted are densely populated blue counties. So... There's some preemptive celebration happening on Twitter, and I wonder how much we're going to know during this podcast. Could be could be exciting. But until then, I'm assuming we have a podcast to do. Win. I fucking hope so. My God. I'm, I, in, yeah, I'm yeah. fucking indifferent watching all these fucking hacks. You are? Hacks, yeah. you say? <laughs> yeah, because... I it, like in a perfect world, I'd like the Republicans to win so that you have divided government. But then I look at the actual Republicans running, and I'm like, uh, this Kelly Loeffler broad is just ridiculous. And but then I look at the Democrats they're opposing, and it's like, oh, they're hacks too. So it's like I wish all four of them would lose. <laughs> hacks. But I, I don't think that's I don't think that's what's going to happen. I love but, referring to a person of a political establishment as a hack. <laughs> it's like, is it? Unless you're an independent, aren't you a hack? I think for the most part, yes. I, <laughs> I think, I don't know, a lot of hacks are being exposed this week, but I guess we'll talk about that in, uh, later in the episode. But Yeah, we G will. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, all lies on your home-ass state, Steve. George well, is a fucking mess. Well, that's all. That's all down to to Donald J. Trump and his uh, his suicide mission to yeah. completely destroy the Republican Party, which seems to be pretty successful. Which everyone's just fucking going with them. I was saying, I was I was writing in my journal last night, and <laughs> your journal. I was, 
I was writing in my journal. Yes, it's great because it's it's a wonderful way to feel like just a like a bootleg Thoreau, you know. <laughs> I, just start, I just start writing and I'm just like wincing at how cringy what's coming out of my hand mouth is. But I, does, I was. Does it remind you of your uh, your Facebook posts from your yes. your high school years? Yes, yes, it fucking <laughs> does. And you know what? That's where those posts belong. Exactly. I do not in your journal. <laughs> in a not fucking for public journal. consumption. Exactly. They're first drafts that you could be as high and mighty as you want talking to yourself. I think that should be completely fine. Mm-hmm. Maybe even encouraged. You can feel like an intellectual for a second and then you just go about your day the fucking loser that you are and that's how it should work. <laughs> but I have I was thinking like it's seriously like these people the Republican Party is just a Titanic and there's all these people that are instead of jumping ship they're remaining on, and not only are they remaining on, people are swimming into the ocean pit that is just taking it down just because they want to be a part of something. It's, it's that is like yeah, insane. That's it. It's insane. It's so insane to watch it continuously happen over and over again. And your fucking state right now is the best display of that behavior. We we got we got a whole main event to talk about it. But- yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Um, I think we're going to have a lot of talk about today. A lot of talk about today. A lot to talk about today. So we should probably just get started. What just do you do think? It. Yep. Let's All right. It. Let's get into our first segment, everybody. The warm-up. So, uh, yeah, this is the, the, the warm-up event where you, the listener, can uh, submit fun topics for me and Jordan to riff and rabble about. You know, spiff and spam, if you will. Uh, spiff and spam. All you have to do is be at the $5 level or above at patreon.com slash I disagree podcast. And this week's warm up comes from Stephen Walsh. And he poses the following query. As the economy recovers, should we impose more strict child labor laws to ensure out of work adults have opportunity over a 15 year old? That's very interesting. That is interesting. Wow. That's one of the most warm up warm-up topics we've ever had, I think. Pretty good. Pretty good, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, here's the thing. I don't have an established opinion on it. I've never thought about it. I've never thought about that. Have you? I haven't either until I read it, but I have made a snap judgment opinion that, nah, fuck off. No? <laughs> yeah, okay. No. You say You say let the 15-year-olds work? Yeah. Yeah. I think I would agree with that, too, especially when you think about the people in a household that maybe can't work and this is not how the world should be. But sometimes kids that are younger being able to. Well, I don't know. I kind of want to backtrack this because that should not be like the main way for a household to make money. That's fucked up and definitely something that things like, you know, welfare and socialized resources should make up for. But when you think about a kid's ability to sort of kickstart their own life and establish financial independence that's so important in so many ways like there's a lot of kids that are coming out of abusive households that need money they need their own money they need their own life i know i knew personally some kids growing up that were like that and and the fact that they were able to get a job i think was like really key to them setting themselves up for success in a path away from the shit that they were dealing with but in the like i'd be curious to see the numbers on how many kids you know, are working that are that young versus how many, yeah, I don't know. I don't even know, like... Did you work when you were 15? Uh, I did, yeah. Yeah, me too. But 
But it was, this is very privileged, not because I had to, it was just because I wanted to. Yeah, I mean, that's, there's nothing wrong with that, though. So, yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you just said, but I would, I would go even farther and say that if you're, if you're a middle class kid and you're 15 years old and you got hired at McDonald's and you're trying to make some money for the summer, good on you too, fam. You know? Yeah. Good on you too, fam. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at you. Oh, oh, well, you're not allowed to work because your family's got some money. Fuck that. Like that, that's, that's. I'll, I'll go even farther and be controversial and say if you're an adult and you are seriously competing with 15 year olds for the same job, you got bigger fucking problems. <laughs> you know what I'm well, saying? You shouldn't be competing for a 15 year old for the same job. Those should be bottom of the bottom of the lat bottom rung of the ladder jobs. That should be your I first, that should be your first foray into the job market. So you can have something on your resume when you apply for your next job. If you're 30 and you're, you're like, Oh man, these 15 year olds are still in my job. Like, well, you made some pretty bad decisions 15 years prior. I agree with some of what you're saying, and I disagree with some of what you're saying. Um, but on. before, all, but before all that, I need to amend my confirmation that I worked when I was 15. I was not 15; I was like 16 and 17, and it was just coaching a couple gymnastics and dance classes. It wasn't anything that was like a full time gig or even like a consistent part time gig. So morally, I feel like in the, I cannot put myself into that pool for the sake of this conversation. Continue. No, that, count. well, that counts. Why? Why wouldn't that count? That's a job. Because it work. was like. It was like the same gym that I had basically grown up at, and I was just like, eh, "This will be a cool way to make some money," and I made barely any money because I barely worked. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It just doesn't seem. Well, that's that's every fifteen-year-old's job. Like, yeah. Maybe. No, nobody at fifteen. If you're, you know, getting your first job, unless I don't know, unless you're Justin Bieber, you're like you're making minimum wage, <laughs> and, you're, and you're not working forty hours a week. You're probably working fifteen to twenty. Oh my at most. god! I know. Jesus, I know. Oh, okay, but. Back back to disagreeing with you fundamentally. All I right. don't I I don't think that it's it's true that a person has fucked up in their life if they find themselves in a place where they need to take a job that a fifteen year old would also be eligible for. Because I mean, I feel like I don't even need to explain that. You know the kind of jobs I'm talking about. We talk about Walmart all the time. We talk about you know jobs like at major corporations like McDonald's. A lot of the times, these are the only jobs that are accessible to people based on their previous you know i mean you say choice i say cards they were dealt all kinds of cards family cards brain cards that's fucked up to say sorry um <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't doesn't make it untrue. i kind of want to take i kind of want to take that back a little bit um privilege cards i could say that confidently education cards socioeconomic cards did i say that already Man, I'm really botching this argument, but <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of cards in that deck you got there. Yep, yep, that's, Some, that's somebody, true. Somebody's double dealing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. but I dis I disagree with that. I I think I think the way that the society is set up, there there are so many catch all companies that, by their nature, employ such a slew of age ages. So to say that, I do not think is fair. Well, I don't know. All I know is that I'm glad that I worked when I was 15 because uh, I think I've mentioned this on a previous episode. My first job was 15 years old at Daisy's Diner back in the uh, the dish pit scrubbing pots and shit. My God, seriously, the most Georgia job. <laughs> but if, if I hadn't had that job at, at 15, I probably wouldn't have been hired as a dishwasher at Outback Steakhouse when I was 17. 
And if I hadn't been hired as a dishwasher at Outback Outback Steakhouse at 17, I wanted to be able to work my way all the way up through the through the kitchen line and then move to the front of the house and start waiting tables and bartending. And if I hadn't done that, I wanted to have been able to transfer to the University of Hawaii and have a job waiting for me at their at their Outback when I got there. And if I hadn't yeah. done that, then I wouldn't have been able to make the connections and and have like the the restaurant resume to to work at other places in Hawaii. So it's just like mm-hmm. you you got to start somewhere, and that's what these minimum wage jobs are for and if you're 15 like yeah that's a great opportunity for you and if some fucking 40 year old takes the job just because they've made it illegal for a 15 year old to get the job you're just setting that 15 year old back like it may not matter now but in five years when when that guy's trying to move to the next level then it might matter then so i don't know i just think yeah i don't know like for god's sakes go on let let the child go, slaves go work. <laughs> let the child um, slaves work. Exactly. <laughs> Shout out China. But get I get that paper. Yes, God, barely. <laughs> but I I think that I I think when um we think about you know the state of things right now, I would find it hard to believe that there's a scenario in which a company would be hiring a 15 year old over someone that is older. Like the hiring process is probably quite ageist right now, unless a person that's coming in for a job that typically a 15 year old would fill is demanding higher pay because of the fact that, you know, like they have more experience. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah, but even if they were demanding that pay, the companies would be like, well, this is COVID, fuck off. Even though I'm McDonald's, fuck your mom, I hate you all, you know? So I think it would just be like, <laughs> Steve's face. My poor mother got involved in this. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was really just me embodying, whoa, embodying the cruelty of McDonald's. And, and other major corporations because that should be like i this is good. too many too many arguments are branching off in my brain now i'm thinking about like should people at minimum wage jobs be able to make the argument that they should get paid more because of their experience at other minimum wage jobs it's a minimum wage job so anyways i i think that ultimately we probably agree on this no you shouldn't yeah. not you shouldn't disallow 15 year olds to take this work um well i mean yeah. i think i think going to what you were saying though about you know should a minimum wage worker be able to demand higher wages because they have previous experience at minimum wage jobs it's like well yes and that's how it works right now right like, like you would just get a different job at that point but right you you want to be the dishwasher at outback you'd be the you'd be the grill cook Yes, you know I mean, because you have restaurant but, experience, and that's how it works, and that's how it, it should work. Like you don't just yes. oh well, you're you're owed this by society. Fuck off, earn it. Oh Cobra Kai god. season three. Oh god. <laughs> I'm glad you ended it with that because now everybody can in their brain solidify that you're you're coming with an illegitimate <laughs> argument. <laughs> no, but. But I, I do appreciate Steven's thought pattern behind this question because everything is so crunched down and compacted right now where you have people that were working at higher jobs that are now unemployed and forced to just apply for a whole gamut of jobs. Like, I think I talked about this before. I am lucky enough to have gotten a full-time job that was supposed to start yesterday, actually, and it did. And then I went to, this is a side note, I went to give my verifying documents for my I-9 
and my passport is expired, so that doesn't work. Wait, how'd you go to Mexico? Um, well, now I have to tell everybody that I went to Mexico, but I <laughs> let me well, let me explain that in detail so people don't freak the fuck out. But but no, it's fine. Mexico, God, what a tangent. <laughs> See, this is why this is why I need to just cut the branches off in my brain. But I went. I went to Mexico because my roommate organizes trips to a migrant shelter that's in Tijuana. We're in San Diego, so it's like 20 minutes away from here. Because of Trump's Remain in Mexico policy, a bunch of migrants are getting turned away at the border, and so they have to find shelter in Tijuana. And my roommate found a place that houses folks, and she organizes clothing drives, like baby clothes, baby items, sanitary items, all these things. For the people in the shelter, so we, uh, she needed just, yeah, she just needed help taking all this stuff down, so we went down there to drop that off. But what happens in uh, Mexico, or at least at the port of entry that we go through, they don't even check your documents when you go through. So, like, oh. when we drove through, we literally just, like, drove through. The only oh. reason that we got stopped was because they saw all the shit in our car, and they were like, hey, you can't take all this shit in here and not claim it at customs. And then we're just honestly white women. It's like an entirely privileged thing. And the the guy that was working there was like, okay, I'll give you a warning, but you're fine this time. And then we went. Coming back, the guy also didn't have an issue with the fact that my passport was expired. It's just privilege all over the place, basically. But point... Wait, who, who, who's privileged? Me. Oh. Well, what? Yes. yeah. I guess maybe you are, because what port of entry did you get because every time I've, I've got a million mexican stamps in my passport like they checked it every time I've oh through. no 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 we just drove through they didn't even look at our passports we didn't show a single identifying document going into mexico huh yeah we literally just drove they pulled us over they talked to us about the shit in our car and then they let us go i did infiltrate uh the nation of the netherlands one time without anyone looking at my passport <laughs> infiltrate how did you do that dude it's the craziest fucking thing ever so i had a layover in amsterdam it was like a it was like a 18 hour layover or something so i was like yeah i'm leaving the airport in fucking while an hour right and i'm getting off the plane and i'm just kind of following the people that were on my plane and they just go out this thing they go out this thing and then i stop and pick up my souvenir coffee mug that i get at every airport i go to and then i just next thing i know i'm out i'm out on the street waiting for the fucking bus and i'm like that's <laughs> weird that no one <laughs> confirmed that i'm a guy <laughs> and so then going back in leaving amsterdam like i had i had you know you have to show them your passport when you're fucking entering the airport and there was no yeah. like there there was no stamp for me coming in and they were like huh How'd anyway that and I was just like, man, you you Dutch, or is that what they're called? Dutch? You guys do not take fucking security seriously at all. And I was talking to another buddy of mine from Georgia. He's like, yeah, man, I was in Amsterdam one time. My fucking, my hotel was attached to the airport. It's like one of those like hotel airports yeah. that actually has like a yeah. little like overpass that you can get into. And he's like, dude, I basically just snuck into my terminal without talking to anybody or getting anything stamped just by staying at the same fucking hotel. It's like wow. The, the Dutch don't trust him. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> the Dutch don't trust him, or do because maybe they're the most trustworthy people in the world, and they're just projecting that shit. 
Well, Maybe I guess they're... don't uh, when I say don't trust them, I don't mean don't trust them as in they're up to some nefarious deed. I mean, don't trust them because they're just not paying attention to shit. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's very... like, how did me and another dude from Georgia both have basically similar stories about just kind of sneaking into a country? Yeah. Accidentally. Maybe... Accidentally. Maybe there was a Dutch memo that went out about how chill the Georgians are. And they're like, hey, you guys know how Georgia's a country? Different Georgia. Different you know Georgia. The state? You know the state? Those guys? They, yeah, they chill say y'all, they drink sweet tea. They're cool. <laughs> they're chill. They're great. They come from a beautiful land. They got waffles. No, no problems. We just an, let them through. An entire house devoted to waffles, in fact. An entire house. Mul- thousands of houses thousands of houses they have thousands of houses made of waffles that might be my my biggest grievance with the west coast is their complete and utter lack of of waffle houses like how do you yeah. how do you justify this i don't think we have any on the west coast huh you, there's some in arizona if you count oh, wow. arizona as the west coast what the fuck is arizona what is like an odd smorgasbord of like horrible things i'm sorry but waffle houses are horrible <laughs> oh, well, you clearly haven't had your hash browns scattered, smothered, covered, chunk, top rice, and capped. That's all I'm gonna say. Yeah. Well, I will. I will say, as a as a vegetarian, I think the allure of Waffle Houses is often lost on me. Uh, but there, I will say, my favorite part of the Waffle House is—is is that how you refer to them, Steve? The Waffle House. <laughs> if if you're being part- if you're being formal, yes. Okay. My my favorite part of the Waffle House is the service. Just oh, amazing. The best service, but that's just something that maybe extends to the South in general. Well, yeah, and I will say this: I base my tipping at Waffle House. I give two dollars for every tooth the waitress has, and that usually results in a solid eight to ten dollar tip. <laughs> oh my god, Steve, you can't diss your own people. Come on, who's going to stand up for them if not a Georgian himself? Anybody from Georgia who's listening that's been to a Waffle House will tag that remark and be like, yeah, how come they don't have any teeth? Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. Well, you don't need teeth to smile. That's you what don't. you don't. Yeah. In fact, it helps. No, you don't. And you know, it's also weird. Why do we care so much about teeth? Like Americans care. Typically the West Coast people, they care so much about teeth. Who gives a fuck? Who gives a fuck if you have perfect teeth? Although dental hygiene is important and you should always brush your teeth, but who cares? Well, that, that really is what sets us apart from our uh, former overlords, the British. You know, we we, yeah. we 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 threw off the the shackles of tyranny uh, in 1776, and ever since then we're like, oh, you guys have fucked up grills, not us. Mm-mm. Yeah, I, I, think Amer- I think Americans have the best teeth in the world. I think you're right. And I don't think it's necessarily something uh, to be proud of, more so to lament the fact that we all put a giant hole in our parents' wallet because we had to have braces growing up for eight years. Otherwise, we would feel bad about ourselves. It's very silly, isn't it? It's so silly. Who cares? Have fucked up teeth. Who gives a shit? It's cosmetic. Who fucking cares? It gives you character. It'd be like, yeah, that's Steve. He's the guy with the middle tooth. That's dope. That'd be that. That'd be that'd be great. I think it's. I think and and then all of these models, right? All the people that are models outside of their uh, uh, eating disorders, but they they have like 
the bushy eyebrows, the middle teeth, the gap teeth. They've got all of these qualities that everybody else spends all of this what money to try to get rid of. At? <laughs> what the hipster like busted ass models are you looking at? I'm, I'm, They're not I'm busted. A, man, if you're not a 10, I ain't even looking. You better have your grill oh, knife. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even looking at this guy billboard. I ain't even looking at your busted ass grill. You're a model. So your entire job, your career is one thing, being physically attractive. Okay, kind of lame. You could have gone to school and, you know, studied physics or something. But okay, that's your career choice. Fine. You're beautiful. That's your whole career. And your teeth are messed up, man. Get out of of my face. No, 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 no. That's what's so... That's so that's what's so twisted about capitalism is they sell things to people who are made to feel they need to look perfect, but they sell these things on models that are characteristically not perfect because that catches the eye. So they catch the eye with someone that looks human only to sell you things that are not made to be consumed by not perfect looking human. It's fucking crazy. It's in, it's all. I fucking hate capitalism. Anyway, going back to my original point. What? Hold on. I, I do want to. I do want to point out though that your critique of capitalism is the dictionary definition of first world problems. Like, oh yeah, and all all those bootleg bullshit communist countries. Yeah, they're not worried about like you know fashion and having nice teeth. They're because they're fucking standing in line for bread. Get out of here. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Smile, America. You got nice teeth. <laughs> okay, here's 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 all I'm saying. I'm I'm fairly I'm fairly certain my family probably didn't have the money to afford the braces that I had from second grade to tenth grade. So the fact that I I like I don't even remember ever asking for them. It was just like, oh we well we gotta fucking put braces on her. And it well, was yeah. expensive as fuck. It's like, no, you didn't have to put braces on me. But they felt like they needed to because if they didn't, then I would be seen as that kid whose parents didn't have the money to give them nice teeth. And and not only that, then it extends to your job and shit, you know? Like, here well, you I, are. I certainly want to be podcasting with you if you came up in here with a busted-ass grill. I'll tell you that much, <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Anyways, back to my original point. <laughs> I didn't have the required documentation to to actually like formalize my my employment so i'm still unemployed but i'm getting that all sorted out getting a birth certificate sent to me from burlington my place of birth because it's burlington they have yeah they have two cases to deal with a day so i was able to get what i needed very quickly but i've been there it's beautiful. It's the best. I got a I got a Burlington, Vermont uh coffee I'll, mug in my uh, yeah. yeah. I, I swear to God I do. Yeah. Burley. Yeah, yeah. Burley is what the locals call it. Burley. I've never Burley. heard that. But yeah. then but then again, I I was only born there. But but yes, it's like uh beautiful city. But point being, my <laughs> my employment search only recently came to an end, thank the god that I don't believe in. And before that, I was just applying to like every fucking job that I possibly could. I was applying to such a wide range of jobs from like the New York Times all the way down to REI. I don't want to say down. All the way across to REI and like I would say other, up, but other <laughs> sure. Yes, they do rough <laughs> mountains. But like it was only it was I didn't get any of the jobs. I was applying to jobs that were minimum wage jobs and I didn't get any of them. And like a lot of the times you're applying to these jobs 
uh, with a resume, you know, that's like maybe sometimes they won't hire people because they're overqualified. Like my resume doesn't make any sense for those kinds of jobs and they don't hire you. But I was applying to jobs that weren't even asking for resumes and I still wasn't getting these jobs. Point being, the economy is completely fucked right now. And there's a bunch of people that are in completely different fields of work and are desperately trying to find work in these minimum wage jobs or, or just like different spaces. And so I think that that's kind of the spirit of Stephen's question is, can I get a medal for bringing this back around? <laughs> my, yeah, what are we talking about? My God. All right. To be fair, though, Stephen's question was posed as, uh, as the economy recovers, should we? So this is under the assumption that COVID goes away, shit starts popping off again. But <laughs> popping <sure>. off. <laughs> either way, the point is, man, fix your teeth, people. Oh, God, not the point. All right. <laughs> Um, I disagree. Okay, <laughs> moving. Should we, should we go on to our next segment? Yeah, and I think I think it's pretty appropriate too. Based I on think the, I the think so. This came out of my mouth. Yes, I think so as well, everybody. All right, it's time for our next segment. I disagree, mail. So this is the segment where you, the listener, and you don't have to be a patron. If you just if you're listening to the show and we say some dumb shit that you disagree with, email us at Jordan. Oh, <laughs> uh, email, us, <laughs> yeah. email us at the I disagree podcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. And you can, if uh, if you want to throw some hot flames about some dumb shit we said, we'll call it a disagree mail. But if uh, if you want to throw us some compliments, we'll call it an agree mail. Either way, we're having fun. So this one comes from uh, Aaron Trahan, a.k.a. Game Jumper X. And he just says, I just finished listening to episode 40 and I had to email in to tell you right now, exclamation point. I mean, whenever I get done writing this and editing it and then having the courage to hit the send button, but you know how email works, Steve, (laughs) I can't believe you keep ruining the bit. You say all kinds of crazy shit for comedic purposes and then later say, don't take everything I say seriously. You're a comic. Stop explaining the joke. Stop ruining the magic. It's not your job to explain your joke or your style of humor. It's the audience's job to laugh and clue each other in that don't get it. So he goes on, but uh, I do want to say uh, I'm kind of feeling him. I'm kind of feeling him. I agree. And this this is a inner turmoil I have with myself too. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. How much of a peek behind the curtain? Because yeah, I say crazy shit on here. And I also say shit that I really believe. And so much of what we talk about is intertwined with like real serious topics and us being ridiculous that I don't know if the listener can tell when I'm fucking fucking around and being a troll or when like, no, this is a controversial thing that I actually believe that you might disagree with. But yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't know. But I, I, think, I think Aaron's on to something. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, as comics, I do 1000% agree with that. We do talk about like serious topics here. And I just think the burden kind of falls on the listener, you know, to discern when we're joking and like, joke, just fucking around and like when we're actually making an argument that we believe has any sort of grounds to be listened to, <laughs> like for real. <laughs> If we fuck that up and it's hard to tell, then I guess that's a delivery problem on our end. Right. But <laughs> but but I do agree. I, I do agree that 
it would it wouldn't be fun if we had to sit here and uh, label everything we said as a joke or not a joke. That's kind of the fun part of this podcast, I think, is we're just messing around a lot of the times, but weaving in and out of that sort of thing. I, I guess where I get into trouble is I'll say some ridiculous shit on here, and then somebody will hear it and be like, "Well, you know what? I strongly disagree. I'm gonna." take time and effort to to compose a very eloquent disagreement to tell steve how he's wrong and then i'm like well fuck i was just fucking around but this guy put so much work into their disagreement i feel like i have to address it i i don't know yeah yeah totally well welcome (laughs) to like cancel culture in so many ways right like so many comics that we know and love get shit on so much because people don't have the uh I don't know, sociopathy to understand <laughs> that like certain things are just said in a fucking vacuum or not in a vacuum. I should say from a vacuum <laughs> and it's like, you know, not meant to be taken so seriously. That's the whole premise of comedy in general. So I, I agree with Aaron. I mean, yeah, I mean, a, a perfect example is it's like, you know, even if if you had a fucked up grill, I'd still do a podcast with you. I mean, I wouldn't do it like video conference style like we're doing it right now. It would be all audio, so I didn't have to, you know, look into yes. your fucked up grill. But, you know, I'd still do it. Like, these are jokes, people. But yes. I think... Also, I think- also to, make, to make it serious, now that you've said grill three times as a white man, I'm obligated to call you out. <laughs> are, are, are white people not allowed? I'm, I thought that was just Georgia slang. I'm... Well... I mean, we could probably examine that from a few different angles, but uh, I'm just going to say, typically, in terms of cultural appropriation, I don't think that word belongs to white man Steve. Hmm. You know what? I took it. <laughs> Thanks, friends. Oh my God. Now we're going to get disagreements on that. Yes, <laughs> we are. Yes, we are. This will be the last time I say, I think I think, uh, I think Aaron is right. Uh I'm not going to clue you guys in on the bit anymore. You're just going to have to think I'm insane. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I, and you know what, Steve? I'll I'll be... Ah, can I make an effort to do that? I feel like I'm so concerned with making myself very specifically understood. That'd be hard for me. But but I I think you have a certain amount of respect for the listener, you know? That they're yeah. going to hear you, meet you where you're at, and know that you're a good guy. And I think everybody could probably benefit from that. Nobody likes being around a person that's constantly trying to backtrack and like say how, what, you know, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. It's like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Sorry. No, I I, I totally agree. And I I, I think I agree with Aaron. So no more of that guys. Like I'm just, I'm, I'm committing to the bit, uh, 9,000 like Aaron says, (laughs) He, he goes on, he says, you instead need to double and triple down and exaggerate to 9,000 until the slow ones figure it out. I've never seen an Onion article explain that this is a parody news site. Jordan, why did you let Steve do this and continue this bad comedy behavior? Also, Steve. <laughs> so now, now he comes to you. He says, also, Steve wrote out a very nice and eloquent argument and you just winged it? What you think? Just because you graduated college, the homework just magically disappeared? No. You have, to, <laughs> you have to step it up because you're you're of the top rebuttal. 
your off-the-top rebuttal is so good, I can't even imagine how much you would have destroyed his argument and points if you would have written it out, edited it, practiced it, pre-recorded it, listened to it back, threw the whole thing out, got a leaked copy of his argument ahead of time, rewrote your <laughs> rebuttal, practiced it, practiced it until it was perfect and sounded like you just thought of it, and surprised Steve with that instead. Oh, my God. That's so funny. You know what's even crazier? And... Um, <laughs> This is this is what's so fucked up about that episode. It was a thing that I suggested we do is come up with a paragraph, and then I came unprepared <laughs> to the podcast one. Well, day. you had a paragraph. You were just like, I don't think that really ties into what he said. I, I right? Or 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 did you just say you had a paragraph? Here's the thing. I had a few sentences. Okay. So yeah. so in the sense that you know when you're first introduced to the concept of a paragraph in grade school, they say it's three to five sentences. It was three, okay. maybe two, maybe okay. two and a half. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think I'm siding with Aaron on this one. <laughs> Aaron wins again. <laughs> but <laughs> then he goes on to say, I know I said I was going to edit this, but I think I lied because that wasn't a real sentence and I don't care. That's all I say because I don't want to make the same mistakes Steve made. I just want to say I love the show and you're both doing an awesome job, but I don't love the show enough to want to publicly propose marriage to the show yet. So please do better. So one day we can all experience and live through that weird trauma and awkward moment together. I, I, would that. Love, <laughs> I would love to consider both of you my friends, but you are both way more talented, experienced than them. Okay, listen, Aaron, I, I think you have the wrong impression of who. who. <laughs> <laughs> Did you think that you emailed NPR on accident? Because we're idiots. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Is, I understand there's a different level of friends, and I'm definitely at the level of friends that you forgot you had. Or maybe I'm just a stalker that's paying money so you don't ask me to go away. Oh, shit. I have to type this out and think logically to check. We're all meetings <laughs> in San Diego. We were coworkers at Madhouse Comedy Club. Facebook friends, even. Okay, good. I think that's it. I'm going to send this email and not think about it again unless you do something crazy like respond and or read it on the podcast. Uh-oh. <laughs> well, Aaron, <laughs> first of all, I do want to say, I feel like we have shouted out Aaron on the show before. Have we not? If we, I don't remember if we have not, that was a massive mistake. Aaron is 100% a friend of the podcast and a friend in real life for sure. Aaron is like, one of the hearts in this cow of a comedy club. Cows have multiple hearts, right? Correct. Okay. No, stomachs. Wait. I don't oh, know. fuck. It is stomachs? I don't know. They have a lot of organs. I heard they got they, they got way too many nipples. I, I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> it's definitely stomachs. It's definitely stomachs. Okay. Well, I was going to say, he's one of are the you, hearts. Are you thinking of, of the Wu-Tang Clan? The, the, the 36 Chambers of Death? Because the human heart has four chambers, and there's nine members of the Wu-Tang Clan, so nine times four equals 36 chambers of death coming at you, dome piece, home piece, Wu-Tang, Wu-Tang. Okay, go on, sorry. As as someone who once swore Coldplay would be my favorite band forever, I can tell you definitively, no, I am not talking about Wu-Tang. Okay. <laughs> but- <laughs> Just had to clarify. <laughs> I will say, though, I very much enjoy Wu-Tang. The, the, the Wu, as, as I say. But, um... I, Jesus, I can't. No, but point being, Aaron is 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 a, a heart of the comedy club that Steve and I both hold dear that we talk about all the time on this podcast, the Madhouse Comedy Club. Should Robert pay us for all the times we shout out that comedy club? When COVID comes back, I want to see a whole fucking slew of people <laughs> going to that club. But Aaron, Aaron, I don't Aaron know is that everything we've said has been nice. Though. 
I feel like we're pretty good about being fair. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're we're certainly fair. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, point point being, Aaron Aaron is fucking the best. He's very much a friend. Also, it's fun because like you get to hang out with people in in real life at a comedy club. You know, they call it the hang, so to speak. And everyone hangs out in a circle and they all talk to each other. But Aaron's a patron and we get to hang out on happy hours and I feel like we get to talk to him more just as a human being than when everyone's hanging out at a comedy club and everyone's just like you know being a comic and whatever it's very cool for sure yeah point being Aaron you're a fucking friend thank you for writing that email and thank you for sending it because that was extremely entertaining (laughs) Aaron equals good egg (laughs) yes Aaron is a good egg very good egg super dope all right, we got another one. Do you want to read the next one? Yes, I would love to. Are we doing from uh, Addy? Addy Besler, yes. Can I oh, take a pee break? What? I'm going to take a pee break. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Here, okay. While I'm reading it? Well, no, I meant... Oh, like I mean, positive podcast. I guess we could leave this part in. We're a little peek behind the curtains for the listeners. Like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, why not? Go potty. Yeah, go, go, go pee, All Steve. Right. We're keeping it live. One less... <laughs> edit for mac our editor okay everybody here we go our next disagreement is about me to me i love this because it never happens because steve's such a fucking idiot isn't he isn't he isn't he guys isn't he such a fucking idiot (laughs) all right um i love that he can't defend himself here from addy bresler hey guys since i wrote in to tell you when jordan was right it's only fair to write in and tell you when steve is correct oh man i feel like steve has to be here for this steve can you hear us Shit. I'm going to do it anyway. He already read it. The truest apology, Addie says, is change behavior. Yes, the girl said a horrible word. Okay, I need to give context. So this is this is about our episode last week, for anyone that hasn't listened, where Steve and I talked about the case of, uh, not a court case, just the instance of a teenager who had had a Snapchat that was uncovered later, uh, years later, where she had said the N-word, and it was sent to her friends, and Snapchat is, you know, this app where you can send videos and pictures to your friends. They get deleted after a certain amount of time. She sends a video of herself, and in that video, she says the N-word. So she leers down the road. She gets accepted into a college, and the college hears about this because someone from her past had released this video and divulged that she had done this in her past. The college then rescinded their admission uh for for this woman and steve's opinion was that that's total bullshit my opinion was a school has a right to do that and also she just shouldn't she shouldn't have done that there was so much more nuance in that argument so if you haven't listened to it please listen to the podcast but this email in response to that addy goes on the truest apology is changed behavior yes the girl said a horrible word she apologized for it apparently years ago. I'm choosing to trust Steve on that. I didn't research this one. And beyond that, she became a vocal ally. If you oh, publicly shame... Re- sorry. Oh my sorry. god, that was so fast. I took so much time bullshitting and just fucking... <laughs> <laughs> I was saying, uh, that, that part she's choosing to trust me on, that was in the original New York Times article. So that is... Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you're here. If you publicly shame and punish her after she has made that change, you put a barrier up for other imperfect people who might have followed her example. Who among us is perfect? Can you really say that never once in your life you've been a little racist or sexist or classist or homophobic or xenophobic or ableist or bigoted or just insensitive in some other way? I think if you can say that, you're not being honest with yourself. 
why publicly support BLM or LGBTQIA rights or whatever else if by that public support your future is taken away? It encourages people to support those causes quietly from a dark corner where it's safer, where no one will notice, and where nothing will change. If we really want to see meaningful and lasting change, people who have made mistakes need to be allowed grace and forgiveness when they realize those mistakes and atone for them. Otherwise, you promote a performative purity. Wow, I love that. Performative purity. That is unattainable. Yeah, that's great. That is unattainable, unsustainable, and fundamentally changes nothing. And it's just super fucking fake. Also, Jordan, I know you did it in jest, but you shouldn't call Steve Milo. That's an ad hominem attack and bad debate form. Anyway, good pod. Keep it up. <laughs> well, th- thank, thank you. Was it yeah. Addy, Addy Bresler? Addy Bresler, yes. Thank you, Addy. Uh, yes. I, yeah, I mean, I agree with you, Addy. I can't, I, I don't disagree with anything that you said, um, except maybe the calling Steve Milo part. Yeah, that's, that's, <laughs> that's the only part I want to push back on. <laughs> because yeah. this is not a law school, like, forum. We're, uh, we're super dignified and we're, no. <laughs> it's, it's two idiots talking shit. So please continue to shit on me, Jordan. I, I welcome it. And I, I would, I would feel like a... Uh, a lesser man if i was like well, that's you can't call me names like that we're hanging out we're having fun it's a lesser man i disagree <laughs> ah, <see? laughs> um but but no i, I appreciate I, the sentiment addy though i i appreciate it but yeah it, it's fine yeah thank you steve um it is very fun to call you milo because you're so far from milo it's just hilarious milo is such a fucking i fucking hate that guy and i do not hate you um <laughs> But, but, um, I, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree with anything that you said in this email. I think, I think those are all really, really good points. I think, um, to be true to the things that I said on the previous podcast, I, I do think that the college has their right, you know, to revoke that admission. I think that, whether or not that's the right call in terms of the end goal of trying to confront racism fully uh, was, a, you know, it, whether or not that was the right thing to do. I, I'm not sure. I, I don't, I on, honestly, I would probably say no. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm more, and I got a decent amount of disagree mails from last week's episode, which makes me happy. That does make me happy because all the disagree emails are coming not from the point of she should be able to say the n-word they're coming from the point of right. people should be able to people should be able to learn and um not face you know that sort of consequence especially as a child and you know someone who has perhaps been surrounded by people where that kind of language was normalized and we should give people more of a benefit of the doubt, you know, and room to grow and not be that sort of person that takes that language lightly because clearly she took that language lightly right. at the time. I don't right. think she was saying it understanding the gravity of the word. Steve and I had a debate over whether or not that word carries violence. I think we still maybe kind of disagree on that a little bit. I think it carries violence. I think that that person now, given her support, vocal support of blm and these other really really important racial campaigns and issues um i i think she would also think that that word is violent like you said she apologized so 
Uh, I don't mean to rescind everything that I said on the last podcast by any means, but I will say that I, I agree with all the people that wrote into me saying that it's not, you know, it's not a fair, hard line to draw based on her actions when she was 14. Yeah, um, or 15, but yeah, same thing. 15, but, 15, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, I, I, I mean, I agree with you. I think the, the university has the right. I just think it's it's a bitch move, you know, like... I'm not. I'm not saying that by law the university should have to admit whoever the fuck I think they should admit. I just think it's like, you know, grow a sack, you know, and like. God, just, it's yeah. like I I agree with what you say, but I disagree with how you say it so hard. That is like that is like the whole fucking premise of our relationship when we talk about this sort of stuff. <laughs> that really is it in a nutshell. <laughs> I'm not You're gonna like, lie. It's it not- was fucking queer. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly don't go out my way to to word things in the most diplomatic way, but I feel like that makes for a good pod. Sure, that's also what Trump said about his whole presidency. Wait, wait, wait. what did he say? Just that that that, or that's what his supporters say. Yeah, you know, oh, maybe right. maybe I don't like how he says it, but <laughs> right, but I, but I agree with what he says. <laughs> um, please, Addy, Addy, don't write me and say I shouldn't call him Trump. <laughs> I the, the, only, the only similarity I have with, with Trump is that we have both banged Melania. Oh, shots fired! Uh, no, okay, oh my god. Far. I love that. Hey, publish that on Breitbart. See how far it gets. <laughs> <laughs> just just write in as an anonymous person. See if you can get Bannon to turn on him. That'd be that'd be amazing. Um, I, I do also, while we're on the topic of disagree mails to me... There was another disagreement from Stephen Walsh, who was the author of our warm-up topic earlier in the show, and I just want to give a shout-out to him. He sent us a disagreement, uh, very, very similar in, in nature to Addie's. I just wanted to read a quick excerpt from his. He says, the overall problem here is I don't believe in woke culture as a whole uh, allows any room for growth. The idea seems to be that you either have never made whatever mistake we're mad about this week, or you have. And even if it is in your past and you have learned and atoned for it, too bad. Now we are applying that to actual children? Okay, it's a thoughtless and careless approach, to be honest. If we're ruining kids' lives now, good luck with getting those Republican voters to flip. I agree. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I really agree with that. And um, I did try to make that clear in the last episode that I am a huge fan of redemption and think it's like really important to society progressing. To be uh, fair to you... You you did say that in the episode, and you got some similar pushback in the the episode where we talked about that Trader Joe's letter. And even in the episodes, you're like, well, you know, I'm kind of just in it for, for the argument. Like you're yeah. you're, you're kind of playing devil's advocate to some extent. So let's. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like I think here's the thing. I think we can all agree that saying the n word is not a practice that should be allowed or encouraged, right? Right. That's something we can all agree on. So given that, I I think when we argue about these topics, it's like, again, speaking as white people that are not the group that would be offended personally by these words. The, these are just the sort of sentiments that I think are important to consider because it's very easy for us as white people to just see this and think, Oh, well that's bullshit. So I don't, I didn't, I don't want that to just be the discourse. I think it deserves a much more nuanced discussion and it deserves exploring 
the different all of those different viewpoints and i think that's largely the spirit of this podcast most of the time though steve and i very much legitimately and very strongly disagree on the topics but but definitely with this topic there is a nuance in it which is that i also very much believe in redemption and i agree that it's really important for that to be something that people know they can work towards otherwise it's going to discourage people from working towards that i believe that fundamentally um, right because i mean I, I i said something along those lines i think it's like if if every institution is just off the bat being like well no go fuck yourself you're you're rejected from here the only people that are going to accept you are racists so that's that's how that grows <laughs> you know what i mean like if the only place you can go is parlor or the only place you can you know where you you don't get your shit fucking banned is the breitbart comment section well then what are, what are, what are you going to be drawn to where are you going to end up so i mean i'm i'm hoping the girl in that story is you know mature enough to to see past this but would it be surprising based on her experiences and the way she's being rejected by a lot of society that she ends up becoming an actual racist well this is where i think the concept of white fragility comes in and we talk about like the burden that's assumed by different groups of people throughout these trials in in history and the burden you know put in quotes because i believe that is a significantly less burden than the burden that's placed on people of color in this country. But the burden that we assume is getting called out for things, oftentimes publicly, and not running to a white supremacist group because they're the ones that will make you feel good about yourself. You know, that's some white fragility bullshit. You have to have the strength to look at it's hard to look at your behavior and be like yeah i fucked up that's so much harder than people give it credit for and we expect that out of people a lot and i think we should expect that out of people but it's also just very hard i think it goes against human nature to examine things that you've done in the past and things that are maybe even part of your identity you know when we talk about former nazis and stuff and be like that was fucked up i fucked up that's a very hard thing to do Mm -hmm. so so i think we can't all we we also can't have the narrative be if you do that they will run the white supremacist because like that's bullshit too it's got to be somewhere in the middle you know where people can not be so fragile and be like okay yeah i fucked up you know people white people get called out for shit all the time right and i see them bitch about it all the time i used to bitch about it when i was in college and like i didn't understand a lot of things and i was like hey why are people being mean to me i'm just trying my best you know and i like fucking bitched about it and stuff but that's that's part of the strength <laughs> that how did i go again <laughs> i will not do it <laughs> that's 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 like that is part of the journey to a better society is like learning how to in a more healthy way go through getting called out and not having in what i think is kind of like a immature and unproductive reaction to it but i also get what you're saying entirely it's like that is what people do that is a huge tendency for humans that don't have the ability to self-reflect and act in a mature way so it's yeah but I, yeah. I'll take it even farther than that in, in saying all this cancel culture shit does is 
remove a lot a lot of opportunities for you to have that self-reflection because if you're banned everywhere but the white supremacist group like yeah it, it takes it takes a very strong will to be like well you know i realized i'm banned from everywhere but the white supremacists but fuck them too yeah if the only people accepting you and you're you know you know emotionally vulnerable young like i i i fuck i get it yeah <laughs> i don't endorse it but i i could see how someone could go down that road if, if everywhere else is like well you're banned forever because you said a thing four years ago and the one group that's not banning you is white supremacists well then you know well, like what 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 is a fucking 18 year old fucking still developing mind supposed to do with that information yeah and that's a very real and common tendency i think what you're yeah, saying human nature, yeah yeah and so it's like there's actually there's this concept that i've seen black leaders talk about especially during the heightened awareness of you know the blm movement and anti-racist work um which is so you're familiar with the concept of calling people out right so like if someone, yeah just if someone says something that's like you know racist you you call them out for it and this is a concept where instead of calling people out you call them in mm -hmm. and i i think that that's like even just hearing that it just feels so much more productive and like comforting and um i hesitate to say the word comforting because it's not about you know our comfort but like productive right. it's like if that that's just humans are fucking one step away from being monkeys so <laughs> so like when you call them out a lot of their reactions is gonna be like no no uh, 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 no no you know and then they get mad right. so like if you, if you call them in and you play some fucking mind games on them which you shouldn't have to but like if you do that your chances of making the entire situation uh less escalated and like i think more effective ultimately does get higher and i take a lot of like leadership from black leaders that are saying that it's a, it's just a, a that, that runs through my head all the time because so much of college is calling people out mm -hmm. and like so much of woke culture i should say it doesn't have to be about college is calling people out and calling people in it's just a way better way to do things i think well, also for the listeners, this is actually a great callback to episode six, Heights and White Nights with Armando Torres. We touch on similar topics and, and Armando makes the point in the episode about there there was I, I don't remember what the exact controversy was, but there there was some white couple, it might have been about a uh, like an offensive Halloween costume or something, and everybody was calling them out on fucking Facebook and calling them fucking racist and they're human reaction was to double down and be fuck you fuck you fuck you and armando just messes the dude privately and was like hey i know that you were trying to do a thing but let me explain to you how the thing that you were doing is interpreted by other people and that ended up being resolved being like oh you know i, di I didn't really see it that way instead of being like fuck you you know because human nature people are going to double down you know, mm -hmm. like if, if you're, if you're going to like, oh, oh, I'm racist. Fuck you. You're a racist. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. Instead of just like taking the person aside and having a real human conversation with them. So yeah. if you guys are interested in that, I would encourage you to listen to episode six. Yeah. My God. Props for that callback, Steve. That was amazing. 
and and props to Armando Torres. We got to have him back on the pod again soon. Um, no doubt, he's hilarious. Yeah. All right, uh, Steve. Do we have one more disagree mail, or rather, agree mail? We, we just we just got a quick note from a uh, Lord Zechariah's rain quote at Quadzizo from Twitter. Wow. Uh, so uh, <laughs> a quick little agree mail. I'll say. Uh, he says, uh, "Saw the title of this week's." Uh, the disagree, the I disagree pod. I'm assuming he's talking about last week's episode about cancel culture. And mm-hmm. he says, and now I'm wishing Jordan and Steve could take over their respectively most aligned major political party and improve the discourse for everyone. Aww. So, thank you, Lord Zechariah's raincoat. That's nice. Stay, stay dry out there. Yeah, that's uh, that's really nice. I do wish like. I mean, isn't it crazy, Steve, to think about we're just two fucking random ass people that are having these kinds of dialogues. Why is it so goddamn hard to have this sort of nuance in the chamber that's supposed to represent all of America that obviously has a million different combinations of views on things? It's like... I think we have the luxury of not having to pander to anyone. One thousand percent, yes. Because do you think Ted Cruz actually fucking believes any of the horseshit he's been saying for the past month? There's no. no and I, Ted Cruz no. isn't an idiot. Ted Cruz is super smart, so he's yeah. pretending to be a fucking idiot to pander yep. to idiots. And it's yeah. like, dude, you went to Harvard. Yeah. What do you, what do you speak? Doing? speak well harvard's a fucking joke so are all the ivies yeah, I, I i agree actually i would i would 100 percent endorse that statement but you know what yeah I'm saying. yeah but uh, yeah i do definitely i feel speaking of idiots i feel like an idiot for even posing that question because you're totally right it's like the 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 way that the two-party system works is just impossible to break off really in any meaningful way the only way bernie was able to do it is his state is a bunch of fucking hippie liberals that chose to live in the mountains and stuff and they want guns so they can kill bears that's the only thing that allowed him to exist as someone that's even remotely like nuanced right. <laughs> yeah yeah but, but i mean is, is is he nuanced He he's just as far left as you can go he's just he's just pandering to a different audience well if you think about the things that make the republican party the republican party right it's basically abortion and guns so when you th- the, the when we were talking about lobbies that support parties as a whole, it's abortion and guns. So Bernie, he had a really good rating from the NRA for like a long time, and I think that you know was not because Bernie is disingenuous or anything. It's because he was just actually trying to represent the needs and wants of his people. So, yeah. in that sense, um, I think he was consistent with what his job is supposed to be. Which is representing his constituents, but well, I mean, you could make that argument about the the shambolic Republicans that are pretending like there's a legitimate argument for throwing out the electoral votes because none of them fucking believe that, but they're they're that's what their constituents believe. You know, Ted, does Ted Cruz believe that? No, but he's getting a bunch of fucking calls to his office from from idiots in Texas that are like, "Oh, stop the steal." Yeah. So, so he's gonna say that he doesn't actually fucking believe that. There's no fucking way. And yeah. Like, I have no idea what what Bernie Sanders like real inner thoughts are on guns, but yeah. Thank you for calling seems- me. Yeah. Thank you for calling me out on that because that is kind of dangerous, especially when you think about like how ill informed our electorate is and how easily manipulated they are. And 
that's a more cynical way of looking at it. Really, it comes down to how impossible it is to be a genuinely informed person because all the information is hoarded and, you know, like... Well, there's too much information is the problem. Back yes. in the day, the problem was you only got your information from from three news channels and the in the local newspaper, and that was it. And so, whatever whatever the like the the people in charge were feeding you, that's what you got. But now, information is so wide open that there is a fucking website or a blog for goddamn every point of view, and every single one of those has 10,000 followers. So there's 10,000 people out there right now on some goddamn blog that believes that Joe Biden's a lizard. Yeah, and yeah. They're not, they're not wrong about the lizard part, okay? <laughs> I will say... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is true. Um, speaking of lizard people, we got a Georgia runoff, everybody. I got more. We talked about it at the top of the show. I got some more results in here if you want to hear it, Steve. We got two yeah, races, two races happening, 95% reporting in both of them. Um, in one race against David Perdue, the Republican, and John Ossoff, the Democrat. David Perdue is winning currently at 50.1%. John Ossoff is at 49.9%. However, like you said, I believe uh, it's looking like those states. Oh, wait, no. Like I said from Twitter there's going to be a decent amount of votes coming in from densely populated blue areas. Oh, and it just went up to 50. Holy shit. It's so fucking close. If they're just now getting to Atlanta, then the race is done. Dude. Okay. So we're at nine. The Democrats, they, they got that one. We're at 95% now, uh, reporting David Perdue stands at 2,147,481 votes. John Ossoff stands at 2,147,097 votes. So they're within 400 votes of each other right now with 95% reporting. In the other race, Raphael Warnock stands at 50.4% of the vote and Kelly Loeffler at 49.6% of the vote. I think it's safe to say Raphael got that seat. Holy shit! It's going to be, I think it's going to be the Dems. How do you feel about Georgia fucking flipping, dude? That's wild. I I mean, I don't, I don't know. I guess I should be more upset about it because I mean, ultimately my, my uh, preferred outcome for all this was divided government. I want Joe Biden to (laughs) win the executive branch and I want the Republicans to hold the Senate and I want nothing to get done. And it, doesn't look like that's going to be the case but you know fuck it none of the none of the fucking candidates in georgia deserve to win if you're out there telling everybody oh the the vote's rigged oh no wonder no one came out and voted how the and like look i'm from georgia and i granted i haven't lived there in over probably two decades really but the the, the point is i i kind of have a feel for the state and that that's it should be a red state and the fact that it's blue tells you that the republicans fucked up epically all right you you get what you deserve you you know you you fucking you reap what you sow man like you're running out there talking about conspiracy theories about how the votes rigged and then you wonder why nobody went out and voted for you you fucking idiots that's what you get so i'm voting for joe manchin president Jesus Christ, I disagree with so much of what you just said. And with that, let's get into the main event. Okay, I have to say, I disagree with, uh, and this is abandoning our previous format of paragraphs, because honestly, you know what? Steve and I have a hard, this is very funny. 
we have a hard time finding things that we disagree on. We disagree with each other enough to actually be confident in like writing a, f- a full paragraph out preemptively that we know the other person is going to stand on the opposite side of, which is very interesting. So especially this week. Yeah, exactly. Especially this week when the whole fucking world is falling apart. We are rational human beings. And typically in times like these, we fall on the same side. But uh, with that being said, as, as much as we can, we will do the paragraph thing. Why do I keep calling it the paragraph thing? <laughs> we, we will have pre-written arguments, but sometimes we're just going to want to talk about stuff. And we want to talk about stuff, which is Georgia. So what I disagree with is when you said... That it's because the Republicans are touting all these conspiracy theories is why the win is going to go to Democrats. I disagree. I think it's because people mobilize the black vote. Georgia has such a high population of black voters there. Typically, they're very disenfranchised. Black voters vote Democratic usually. They mobilize that voting block. That's how Democrats win. And so this win... The, the big thanks goes to all the organizers and the black voters, I think, is, is how you could interpret this election right now. So what say you to that, Steve? I don't know. I mean, maybe we'd have to like really crunch the numbers later. But I mean, sure. my, my view is that that's kind of always the case. And in the most recent election, Donald Trump actually got a higher percentage of the black vote and where he lost was white suburban votes. So... I mean, like it or not, I mean, just the, the Southeast is red. The Northeast is blue. That's just how it is right now. Uh, and the fact that Georgia, which is not an outlier Southern state, like that's right in the heart of the South. I'm from there. Yeah. That's yeah. a red state. The fact that it's going blue. I mean, all the Republicans should have been saying since the, the day after the presidential election is like, we have to win the Senate. We have to make sure that Nancy Pelosi and AOC and all those guys don't have a majority in the Senate. And that should have been the only message they were putting out. But the message they were getting from on high, from the from from the highest office in the land, is that ah everything's rigged. It's it, it uh, voter fraud. Ah, don't even vote. This and that. And it's like, well, yeah. So if 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 twenty thirty percent of the Republican constituents in Georgia believe that shit. Well, that's more than enough to lose the fucking state. And this is what happens. Idiots. So like as, as much as I would not like to have the Democrats have control of both the, the executive and the legislative branch is like, well, fuck, are we going to give it to the Republicans? Did they earn it even remotely? Go fuck yourselves. This, this Kelly, I mean, I don't, I don't really know much about David Perdue one way or the other, or maybe he's a nice guy. I don't know, but I know that, that Kelly, uh, what's her name? Loeffler Leffler. Yep. Well, I know that she did a bunch of insider trading, like profiting off the pandemic, first of all. And second of all, she's just a fucking hack. Like I've seen her. She doesn't like she says, you know, she'll also contest the electoral college votes and the the shit was rigged. It's like, why don't you have some fucking balls and just say, hey, Trump lost. But let's let's make sure that uh, we keep the Senate because that's most important. Just have Mm -hmm. some fucking integrity, have some balls. And I don't know. They, they 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 fucking deserve to lose. Then then again, the Democrats don't deserve to fucking win. I know the, the Warnock guy is apparently a wife beater and a Marxist. And then the the Ossoff guy. Steve, you're repeating you're repeating talking points that are just not true. I can't speak to the wife beating part, but the Marxist part, I've heard like time and time again that those are baseless claims. Also, 
Like Marxism is well, such. Okay, hold on. Uh, maybe we're both repeating talking points then, because it sounds like neither you or I really knows the truth on that one. No, I do not know. I do not know Warnock personally. But let me see, because here, I just anytime someone throws out Marxist as a criticism, I don't listen, and neither should you. It is such an old tropey way to just throw a blanket jab at somebody it doesn't even mean anything do like no, can it, you even it, just... it certainly means something it, it basically means you're a communist that means you adhere to the idea but that is such red, that's such red scare bullshit well either way let's put that aside he, he he might also be a wife beater either way him aside the Ossoff guy i know for a fact that dude's out there just slandering his opponent t- talking about uh uh leffler has been campaigning with the ku klux klan that is an outright lie. He knows it's a lie, and all politicians lie, but that is such a horrendous slander that, fuck it, none of those people deserve to be a U.S. senator. But, I mean, I guess at least the Democrats aren't going out saying, it's all rigged, don't vote. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I really quick, you just, ha- you just have to let me respond to this one thing. Yeah. Do you know who it was that said religion is the opium of the masses? That's Karl Marx, right? Yes, it was. And guess who Warnock is? Senior pastor of the Ebenezer Baptist Church in Atlanta. There you go, right there. Entirely different from one another. That's great. Tell me about his sermons, though. Tell me about what he talks about in the sermons. You could label something anything. There, there's, plenty, there, there's, there's plenty of so-called religious leaders that are really more political leaders. People, it is the most... Republican talking point, like present Republican talking point, to call all Democrats that are winning Marxists. That is just... That's fine, but you can't just say he's not a Marxist because he's a pastor in a church without you knowing anything about the church or anything about his sermons. He might not be. I don't know. Again, I don't... I'm just saying, you talk about tenets of Marxism, one of... Then don't call, then don't call him a Marxist. Call him something more nuanced than a Marxist. Marxist is just something that people say to scare other people, and it works because people are fucking stupid. And I'm not saying you're stupid, and you're. I'm saying the opposite. You're smarter than that. Don't buy into that argument. It's it's completely baseless. It's it's absolutely absurd. I'm so sick of hearing like it's so you, offensive. You know, you know that he's not a Marxist. What is it? I'm I'm saying. That's one of the major tenets of Marxism. He does not belong to that tenet. So no, he's not a Marxist. Okay, so just communist. That's like me saying like, like, oh, well, since I'm a vegetarian, I guess I'm like a Hitler person because I, I believe in that one tenet of his his like ideology, you know? Like to, to be labeled, to be labeled someone, it's to be labeled yeah, well- as well, going going with your your analogy with vegetarianism, though, like I think the the important I mean, there's part a lot of is, holes in that, obviously. Yeah, the the important part is not the whether or not he's religious. The important part is not is the important well, part is is he a fucking communist? Which no, he might not be, I don't know. I'm not super like following the Georgia Senate race that closely, but two Republicans though the religion part is very important. And it is a entirely Republican-based argument to just call people Marxists. And part of Marxist, that word, uh, is equated with godlessness, which is why they use it. It's one of the reasons they use it. It's one of the reasons they use communism. Because communism is a godless, you know, false idol, 
sort of thing. It's like it 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 takes out this tenet of religion that they rely on. So it is very relevant, I believe. But when you think of it, because you actually care more about economic theory and everything, you're thinking about Marxist economic theory. But yeah, I, I don't really I, care. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I don't really too yeah. much about the godless part. Yeah. But yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 Um, well, he might but, not be. I don't, but, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to slander the guy when I don't know any better either. So maybe he's not. But that, that seems to be the rub on him. Yeah. <laughs> And well, uh, there, there mean, is, there definitely is a video of his fucking ex-wife talking to the cops, talking about how he beat her. Which she might be lying, but hey, this is the same party that told me believe all women. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I, I don't know what to think. I, I don't know what to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, here's here's the thing: is like, again, I also don't know Warnock personally, not at By the all. Way, not to interrupt, which one is he actually running against? Is he running against Purdue or, or Leffler? Uh, Warnock is running against Leffler. Right. Ossoff is running against Purdue. Okay. Purdue is the only one I don't really, I know zero about. Other than yes. the name Purdue is pretty big in Georgia. I think his dad was a governor at some point or something. Like I, mm-hmm. I know that name Purdue just from living there. I know. So um, they're both incumbents. They're Republicans. And so the fact that two people are about to unseat them is like pretty insane for Georgia. She's not an elected incumbent, right? Wasn't she like appointed to the seat to replace a vacant? Like, I don't think she's ever actually won a, a Senate election. Okay. I could thank be wrong you. about that. No, I have, I do not know that. So thank you for saying that. Cause I, I don't know. Let's see. Let's go to her. Let's go to her wiki. Um, I think. Let's also, see. I hate fucking rich people that try to act like they're of the people. Just be rich, man. Like, I ain't hating. Just be a <laughs> baller. But you can't be a fucking, uh, you can't have $100 million in the bank and be like, <laughs> yeehaw, buddy. Like, stop lying, man. Stop. Stop. Um, I fucking sorry. hate that. Ted Cruz does the same fucking thing. He, he, oh, I'm a Texas boy. Bitch, now you're, stop it, dude. Well, like, that's their whole shit. Ivy League fucking, like. That's their whole shit. That's yeah. what the Republicans do. They're rich ass motherfuckers that get they poor ass do motherfuckers. Stop. Don't act like Hillary Clinton doesn't get in front of a black church sure. and her accent suddenly changes. Like, yeah. They no, you're all right. do that shit. It's, it's, I hate it. Absolutely. You're very you're very you're very right. And yeah, I want I wanted to also go back really quick to say like accusations of wife beating and stuff. I also take those very seriously and don't want to dismiss that either. Um, we've talked about this on the podcast previously. I believe that Joe Biden has credible allegations against him for sexual misconduct and rape, honestly. And still, we're put in the position where we have to vote for these people because they're so much better than the alternative. And it's like so disgusting and, and so sad and horrible. And I think it's the nature of politics and that it, it's, it's, it's very similar to the police force. It draws people in that want to be respected pathologically and want to be powerful pathologically. And yeah. those traits often are the same traits that exist in abusers. So I, I don't want to say, I don't want to just like poo poo that kind of like I did when you first right. brought it up, you know, right. um, I will say this though. If, if I had to put money on it, I, I would like if somebody had a gun to my head, I would say Joe Biden didn't rape anybody. Like I don't know, maybe he did, but eh, well, the, alle- the allegation know. is hand rape. So the allegation is that he had t- 
taken, you know, someone that was working under him into a hallway and like put her against a wall and started like aggressively making out with her and like started fingering her up her clothes. And and that that was the scene that was described and it was not consensual. And I think that that's conceivable. But it's conceivable. But with, I mean, without any evidence, I, I will I will give Joe Biden the same benefit of the doubt that I'll give Brett Kavanaugh. It's like, well, you can maybe it happened, but you got to you got to give me some like otherwise you can just say things. And yeah. the person and the person that's also running in this Georgia race. Yeah. For the white beating allegations. Yeah. 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 I mean, well, I mean, I don't know whether he did it or not, but I mean, the fact I haven't that done that, any that, research on that, so I can't speak yeah. on it at all. The the fact that that allegation is out there is is like, wow, that's that's crazy. Like his yeah. wife is on is on like body cam talking to a police officer, so she could be fucking lying, totally. But again, like you're in the you're you're in the you're in the democratic party you're in the party that says believe all women you're in the party that says women never lie or make up shit so like okay i'm gonna take you at your word on that then you did beat your wife yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah yeah i mean like just we're obviously getting off on a different thing here but in in general i think Anybody that wants to become a politician, it is very rare that they just want to do it because they're pure souls, you know, <laughs> like that. It might start a, off that way. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about that too. Right. Yeah. But, but yeah, point being, we're in a constant battle of the lesser of two evils until it's no longer two. And even then it's going to be the lesser of six evils or however long it gets you know with a multi-party system if we ever for the love of fuck can get to that point but um but to to say that you were correct um Loeffler was appointed to the senate in december 2019 after republican senator johnny isaacson resigned for health reasons mm -hmm. so yeah she was not elected she and clearly she has no business being in the senate either <laughs> based on Oh my God, she co-owns. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought she co-owned the NBA. She co-owns the Atlanta Dream of the Women's National Basketball Association. Yeah. Look at. I hate to talk about looks, but I mean, could you think of a person that looks more like a Republican woman? Yeah, like why don't like just just be Ann Coulter. Very Ann Coulter. <laughs> just just be Ann Coulter. Very Ann Coulter. My question is. How much do you think the Georgia phone call that broke this week had to do with this turnout? And just to give context, That's this week, point. everyone, if you didn't listen to it, Donald Trump called Georgia Secretary of State and a, a whole bunch of other people with an attorney of his, with his chief of staff, Mark Meadows, and, an, and another person, I forget who it was, and said, I don't care what you do, basically. I just need you to find one more vote than the number of votes I lost by. Yeah. Find <laughs> this exact number of votes. Yep, or else. Can, can I... I, I kind of want to take this in a different direction, uh, if you don't mind, and put a little Please. bit of actual optimism on all this horseshit that's been going on for uh, totally. since November. Totally. Um, so this is obviously fucking terrible that the, the the leader of the free world is is making a phone call like that and it's it's 
probably criminal. I'm not a lawyer. It's probably criminal, but it's certainly impeachable and it's horrible. All that shit's horrible. All the, 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 like Ted Cruz and his little posse, Josh Hawley going to do their fucking thing, pretending to contest the electoral. All that shit's horrible. All the court cases have been horrible, but I guess to put an optimistic spin on it, hasn't all this kind of revealed the, the fundamental strength of our system? The fact that it's gone fucking nowhere. Um, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Can you repeat it one more time? Well, I, I'll put it like this. Every person that has actually been in a position to actually affect anything has dismissed it out hand. Like he's, he's, what is he one for 50 in court cases? Yeah, a lot of those yeah. court cases have been like been yes, 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 Republican yes, yes. appointed judges, the yes. Supreme court, which is like a six, three majorities didn't even fucking look at the case. The, 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 the secretary of state and the governor of Georgia have both basically told him to go fuck himself. All the people that actually have an effect on this shit, like the system is held. It's only like the performative people like Ted Cruz that like all the shit they're doing doesn't actually matter. It's just performative. So well, to, to put an optimistic spin on it, I would say is like, yes, this has exposed the strength of the American system. Yes. I, I think cautious optimism is how yeah, I would all this, all this with the caveat that we're assuming, like if, if Donald Trump is somehow president on January 21st, well, then I guess I'm an idiot. <laughs> right. Well, because there's there, I mean, there's still also, COVID. I think there's a <laughs> sorry, not a joke. Um, I think I think there's also there's also a bunch of horrendous things that have happened that have shown how our system fails continuously in many ways. Also, but yes, one hundred percent, there are victories to be celebrated that we didn't fall into fascism, and I'm not quite sure you could call that a victory per se. That's a bit Stockholm syndrome. That's, no, that's, that's I mean that's definitely a victory. Like the the idea that like a, a a free republic is just the the norm in human history is absurd. Right. Like this, we're right. the outlier, and this was yes. conceivably could have been a huge threat to it, and it turned out to just be performative nonsense on Twitter. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think if anything, it just makes me think of how like horrendous humanity can be by its nature sometimes because <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, the fact that we haven't fallen into tyranny is pretty amazing, like you said. And I don't think that it should be a victory because to think that that's a victory means that, you know, we think the work is like somehow done or something and we have so much... We have so much further to go to get to the point that other countries are in where a society is more free and just and not name completely one. fucked and they believe in facts. Like we have we've fallen name so one. hard. Name, name one country that's that's more free than us. That's more free? Okay. Mm -hmm. Maybe free is the wrong word. I'm thinking of my Marxist ideas. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, you're right. There's a lot there's a lot of countries that are more Marxist than the United States. I I will I will grant you that. Yes. So that's what I'm thinking of. But yes, I think I was thinking about this today in the car to give you credit, how insane it is that the founding fucking dicks came up with something that I said that instead of fathers, <laughs> not necessarily. I wasn't necessarily trying to call them all dicks, although they did own slaves. Um, but yeah, you drive cars, though. I OK. <laughs> oh, my God. 
Well, hey, if all this global warming shit is true, we're going to look back in 200 years and everybody that fucking drove a car was a fucking monster that knew they were destroying the planet. Okay, Steve, much different than slavery, but I, I not think... If it, not if it causes I, I, I the ice caps today. to melt and kill everybody. <laughs> but okay, I'm taking off on the... T- go ahead, sorry. Are you sure you want to make this stance... <laughs> I, I will take the um, chance that we didn't hold the founding fathers to 2019 moral standards. Yes, I think they were they were they were good men that were wise beyond their years, especially considering the time that they were they were in. Yes, but that 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 could be a whole other episode. Uh, yes, I feel inclined to say I disagree, and slavery is bad. But I of think of course it's bad. <laughs> um, yes, but but yeah, the fact that they were able to like. I don't know if they were foreseeing things or if it's more a testament to how much things are replicated and the patterns that they were observing back then, you know, and the things that they wrote to remedy those patterns and problems just happen to be relevant today because history literally repeats itself over and over and over again. Whatever it was, it is pretty amazing, even down to like you know, the House, the rules that govern the House versus the Senate and and how like senators are elected versus house representatives and stuff it's it's all just like it's pretty fucking crazy and yes whatever we have it has managed to preserve the biggest union in the world however yes uh well in terms of like 50 different states well, like, that's what I'm saying. Knock on wood. Well, I mean, oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I thought you said not in the world. Um, y- yes, yes. And so I, I think, I think that, uh, it's, it's just got like, for me, it's just that's not enough of a thing to celebrate to take the eyes off the prize of like actual equality. But yes, some. Yeah, op- I mean, again, this is all terrible. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Yes, but I, I I guess my my thing is like if if someone like tr- Trump is probably the worst case scenario for anyone who could be elected leader of the free world. Yeah, and if someone like him were elected in a different country under a different system, I don't think that he would have like because because basically his biggest offense is being an asshole on Twitter. He can't really do much beyond that. Like he's he's thwarted at every step because there's so many checks and balances. I disagree. Uh, well, I mean, executive orders, just the typical morale that or I mean, usually that word is associated with positive things, but like the violence that he incites with his words, I I think all of that stuff is like in some ways more damaging, way more damaging than any legislation he may have passed had he been afforded different powers. And again, executive orders, which is basically just that. Well, he's, I mean, he's not the he's not the first. Then, unfortunately, he won't be the last. I mean, I mean, I'm 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 just against executive orders, even if they're an executive order that I agree Agree with. with. Yeah. yeah, it's like fucking. That's what Congress is for. But so yeah, there there are fucking problems. I'll grant you that. I guess yeah. The, the the positive spin I'm trying to put on is is like if someone like Donald Trump had rose to power in somewhere like Venezuela, or you know somewhere like that, like it wouldn't he wouldn't he would have said the elections rigged and it would have stuck instead yep. of him saying the elections rigged, getting a bunch of people fired up and amounting to absolutely jack shit because there there's a there's a much stronger system underlying it than just him saying stupid shit on twitter yes so, I, i'm not trying to say this isn't all fucking terrible yes <laughs> you know I hear, I mean? yeah i hear you 
yeah, I totally hear you. And I also appreciate that because like those are sort of thoughts that I have quietly that I hesitate to say publicly because things are so bad. And I appreciate you saying them outwardly because it is true. Like we have we have a lot of American privilege that came at the cost of a lot of blood and not just the blood of American soldiers, mostly the blood of other people. And it's it's like we are in such a precarious situation that we take for granted just because mm-hmm. we've somehow managed to make it this long without a literal fascist trying to take over the fucking country. Mm-hmm. But that's where I'm, we're at. Yeah. And I, I think I just feel like t- t- fascist is too strong a word for him because fascism is an actual ideology and Trump is just dumb. But in terms of actual consequences, like I don't think there's that much of a difference in yeah. terms of, in terms of the damage that someone like him could cause. Right. So yeah. I, I'm quibbling over semantics at this point. So it doesn't totally. Matter. Yeah, but but he is like that's fair. Um he is pulling from the lessons of previous authoritarians though. You know? So I would disagree with that because I don't think he's he's well read or educated enough. I think he's winging it and it happens to align with the instincts of previous fascists. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, do I don't think, think he's sitting around like reading Mussolini's like autobiography, no. and like, oh, that's a good idea. No, I don't think so. But I think his advisors are. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I think his advisors are, and I think people have. I mean, like, ah, yeah. This is a deeper topic that we don't have time for because we got to wrap it up. But like, maybe it's not even so much that anyone ever is really sitting there thinking this is how to be fascist i want to be fascist rather they're just thinking i want power this is how to get power and the methods is is what really makes up fascism you know it's like because it's it i don't know it's so it's so unfathomably evil what fascism effectively does to a society and to its people taking away its ability to discern fact from fiction taking its ability away to make decisions for itself, you know, like democratically. It's so evil. I don't know. I, yeah. Ah, fuck. Either way, I really fucking, I think what's happened over the course of this podcast, everybody, is we won Georgia. I say we because, Steve, I know you're on our side now. And <laughs> I'm, I'm indifferent, really, on the, like, I, I wanted the, the Republicans to at least have a majority in the Senate, but they're so fucking shitty they're not republicans yeah so it's just like whatever yeah they're not even as long as as it's 50 50 and joe manchin's there to be the wild card i'm pretty confident that court packing and all that horseshit's not gonna happen so i I think i'm fine with it you know what yeah you know what's fucking crazy to think about mitt romney was a presidential candidate he couldn't even win a primary now yeah well it's gonna it's it that's my i mean we're this might be another topic for another day. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to the Republican party. Cause you certainly, you're certainly seeing lines being drawn. Cause, and it's, 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 it's surprising where those lines are being drawn to. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's no surprise to me that Ben Sass and Mitt Romney yep. came out and said that like, eh, this is horseshit. Of course we're going to certify the fucking, we're going to, yep. we're going to certify the votes on, on the sixth. Yep. But it is surprising to me that Todd, Todd, uh, Tom Cotton also agreed. You yep. know what I mean? And the, so there's 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 definitely a divide there that's happening between 
and I, I want to say the crazies, but Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley are not fucking crazy or stupid. They know exactly what they're fucking doing. And I don't even understand the strategy because if your strategy is like, oh, we're going to we're going to we're going to gain all the Trump supporters for for 2024. What happens if Trump runs again? Stupid. Yep. yep. You just thrown all your credibility out the window. Like, I, I, I yep. don't know. I I, I can't even pull my thoughts together because this shit's so fucking stupid, but I don't know. Yeah. Fuck, fuck them all, man. Like, uh, I like Ben well, Sass. I like I, Mitt Romney. Uh, I understand that you would like Ben Sass. That makes complete sense. Also, Mitt Romney. I can't believe what I'm about to say, but Mitt Romney is the best of them all right now. That's yeah, he's so, a good egg. And that's it, it's so funny. <laughs> It's funny the horrible things that Democrats are saying about this man uh, a few years ago. Like well, they're still true. Mm. Just because everyone around him has gotten more evil, that doesn't mean he's still. That doesn't mean you get to just like look at him as a good person now. All of a sudden, no, everybody else is just worse. I, I would say that all evidence points to suggest that Mitt Romney is a good person. He's an actual human. I'll give him that. Right. Would would you, would you let him babysit your kids? Yes. Of course. Would you let Donald Trump? God no. No. Go. No. I would uh I would give my kids sharp scissors and tell them to run around freely for the whole night. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually don't run <laughs> run in a particular direction towards Yes, the- thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that amendment. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um we should probably wrap it up. Yes. Okay, everybody. Congratulations. I know most of our listeners are going to be happy about the Georgia runoff. I know I am, and Steve's indifferent, but I think that means he's happy too, everyone. I think it's going to be... It's fine. We don't... (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you enjoy the podcast, reminder to like and subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review if you could, and make sure to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. You get access to early episodes, our Facebook group. We do virtual happy hours now. Uh, you get swag. We got all this stuff, so thank you, and Steve, do you have anything to say? Nah. Alright! <laughs> we'll see all you right. next week! Thanks, fam! Bye! Bye!